Welcome to the Undone Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content and additional information, please visit IamUndone.com where you will find our online store, regular blog updates, and how to become a partner of the podcast. Now let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome into the podcast. This is episode number 13. Lucky number 13. I like it. Which is cool because I'm actually reading out of Acts 13 today. I didn't even think of that. Hope you're doing awesome. Once again, I always want to just encourage you. Continue to go deeper in your walk with the Lord. Deeper in intimacy and devotion. Just just don't put a limit on what He wants to do. And that really just kind of ties in with um, what I want to talk about today. I came across a couple passages of Scripture as I've been reading through the book of Acts. Um, one in chapter 13 and the other in, I believe, 14. I'll flip over. Yeah, in 14. I'll flip over to that in a second. Um, but I think one of the things that I personally uh, struggle with or, you know, not not necessarily a struggle like a sin or anything, but um, something that maybe I'm learning to grow in is not moving on from things so quickly. Things, and, and when I say things, I'm talking revelation or things that the Lord is doing in me because I think there's a depth to what He wants to do. And, you know, a big part of our, our Christian walk is growing roots into certain truths and foundations of the gospel and foundations of the message of Jesus Christ and our salvation and redemption. And there's so much to it. Matter of fact, Paul calls it the unsearchable riches. It, it's, it's, it's unending. There's no end to the depth of it. And so what I feel like I've been a little bit guilty of in my life is that when the Lord gives me a revelation or I find something in Scripture, I'll stay with it for a little bit and feel like I've exhausted uh, that particular subject and move on. Or maybe even don't get to the point where I feel like I've exhausted it, but maybe give up on on the study or the listening or, or whatever it takes to go deeper or just distraction of life and uh, move on from it. But I came across, like I said, a couple passages or a couple uh, spots in, in Acts. And one of them in 13 is talking about when Paul and Barnabas were at the church of Antioch. And it says that Paul and Barnabas was about to leave and the people pleaded with them to share more about these things. And and so one, that showed me that the church of Antioch was hungry. And I think to go deeper in the things of the Lord, we I know we talked about this on the last podcast, but I don't really think you can talk about it too much is the subject of hunger. And so it started with the people who were hungry to experience more and more and more. And Paul and Barnabas had been there for a long time teaching them and yet still Still were these people saying, please stay with us. And so in the next couple of scriptures, it goes on to say that Paul and Barnabas stayed and continued to persuade them to go deeper in their understanding of God's grace. And this is where the Lord has me. And I feel like a, a lot of people I'm encountering in the body of Christ is that he's calling us to go deeper. He's calling us to go into a depth. And, you know, there's the passage 
um, I believe in Ezekiel, I'm drawing a blank right now, where he talks about uh, the river flowing from the temple and, and he starts in ankle deep water and, and, and shin deep and knee deep and waist deep until he couldn't touch anymore. It was, it was uh, to the point where he would be submerged. And I think that's such a picture of what God is calling us into, into the river of God that goes to a place of unsearchable depths and riches uh, in 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 him in revelation in in relationship and in in this scripture talks about going deeper in their understanding of grace and i can tell you i've been guilty and i think you know listening to a lot of sermons across uh multiple churches across america i think we lack a depth of understanding of the grace of God that's been given to us. And when we get stuck on only thinking that grace is for salvation alone, we are missing the depth that He is calling us to. And and thank God for our salvation. Matter of fact, Jesus sent out his disciples to go and, and on a ministry journey and they all came back and gave their reports and they were so pumped that people were healed. They were so pumped that uh, demons fled at their name and people were saved and delivered and set free and they were so pumped about all that. They were giving them Jesus their testimonies and Jesus said, don't find your joy in that, but rejoice in the fact that you have salvation. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so I'm not saying we ever need to get over our salvation or, or, or you know, lose the wonder and awe and, and amazement, the fact that we are saved. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that we are called to go beyond it and past it. That, that salvation is the foundation. Salvation is the entryway, if you will, into these unsearchable and, and un, uh, inexpressible riches, inexhaustible riches of God's grace. And so he's encouraging them, go deeper in your understanding of God's grace and understand that God's grace is not just for salvation. God's grace is not just so that you can avoid going to hell. God's grace is an empowerment for you to walk in the fullness of what he has called you to do. There is a depth to the understanding of grace. There's a depth to the understanding of who God is in our lives. And here Paul and Barnabas are telling the church at Antioch, hey, we're encouraging you to go deeper in your understanding. And I imagine, you know, looking out at a crowd who had been encountering the Lord and been going, seemingly going deep in, in the places uh, of devotion and intimacy with God. And yet Paul and Barnabas looked at them and said, hey, I encourage you to go even deeper, that there's even more. You know, there's there's been this phrase that has kind of stuck with me, and it I, I kind of forget about it sometimes, and it comes back, but there's this phrase that rings so true of the kingdom of God, and it's three little words that says, there's always more. There's always more. You never get to the place where you've exhausted anything, and there's times where you know, maybe we're struggling in my personal family. You know, if it's a tight uh, time financially, economically, where, you know, money's getting tight or whatever. And, you know, God has blessed us up to this point. And this phrase comes and says that there's always more. He always has more than what he has given you up to this point. You know, I think about the story of the, the 5,000 people 
or 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So we're talking 20,000 plus sitting on this hillside and Jesus multiplies food, but not just enough for the people that were there, but enough so that there would be 12 basketfuls left over. And you know what that tells me? That not only does he meet our needs, but there's always more than just the meeting of our needs. He always blows our mind. He's not wasteful by any means, but he's always excessive because there's always more. He always wants to prove the point that yes, you've experienced me, you've tasted me, you've gotten to know me, I've been faithful to you, but guess what? That's not it. It's not over. There's always more that I'm bringing you into. And so we see Paul and Barnabas encouraging them. And and then it goes in chapter 14. It's talking about how eventually they begin to travel throughout all these other places. And and Antioch being another one when when they went back, but also in Lystra and Iconium. And it says, at each place they went, they strengthened the lives of the believers and encouraged them to go deeper in their faith. You see... I think the place that I'm at right now is that I'm not okay with where I've been, and I'm not okay with with church just just being what it's been uh, up to this point in my life. I want to go deeper. If we serve a God who, according to Ephesians three twenty, can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask think or imagine then what i've what i have experienced up to this point is not enough i am thankful for it my god i'm so humbled by all that god has done in my life that he has saved me he has filled me with his holy spirit he has given me a beautiful wife and four children he has allowed me graciously to share the gospel across multiple platforms uh, and i'm just blown away by all that he's done but yet i come to this place where i still say it's not enough and it's not that i'm unsatisfied in the sense that i'm disappointed in what god has done up to this point it's that there it, it creates this hunger inside of me that says if god has been so good to do this and he's an Ephesians 320 God, then what else is waiting around the corner? If he's the God who truly is wanting to show us what no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard and, and things that have never entered into the heart of man, then how can we be so foolish to just stop where we are? And I'm talking to me. I'm not even saying this to you. You let God birth this hunger inside of you. But I'm saying of me, how can I be so silly to, to sometimes just get complacent and get okay and satisfied with where I'm at? No, I burn with hunger that I want to go deeper in my understanding of grace. I want to go deeper in my faith. I want to push past where I've, I've gone to up to this point and thank God for where he's brought me. But I tell you what, I'm not staying here. I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper. And so what I don't want to confuse that with, because it even creates this inside of me, is saying that I can't stay here. I've got to go on. I've got to move to these other things. Listen, the depth that we're going into is not among many things. Let me say it this way. The depth that we're going into is in the one thing of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We know the the famous scripture in Psalms 27.4 that says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, this one thing that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so it's, it's really just this one thing of going deeper in Him. 
And so we can get so anxious and nervous saying, oh, I've got to go deeper. I've got to go uh, obtain all this knowledge and wealth of, of understanding and, and the riches of his glory. And I've got to no, it's all found in him. Matter of fact, I heard somebody say this uh, recently that all these things that we so hunger for and desire are simply fruits of pursuing Jesus. And so, you know, if, if, if I need wisdom or I'm, or I'm desiring a financial increase or I'm desiring a, a deeper understanding of the word or if I'm desiring a, a, a greater influence in society, I don't chase after those things. I chase after him and those things get added unto me. It's a very basic principle of Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will get added unto you. So I have to continually continually reset my mind to say, I don't chase after these things. I chase after Him. I make my life a devotion to Him, of seeking Him and growing in intimacy with Him. And all this stuff begins to get added to me. So when I say go deeper and, 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 and move beyond salvation, I'm not talking about going, try to find and explore all these perimeter things of the kingdom. No, I go deep in Him and He adds this knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Matter of fact, in Ephesians 1, uh, Paul is, is addressing the church at Ephesus, and he actually goes into a time of prayer for them. And here's what he says in, in verse 19. He says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. <laughs> an immeasurable greatness of God's power. So what do we do? Do we chase after this immeasurable greatness of God's power and, and become, you know, I think of Simon the sorcerer in in Acts who says, I want this amazing power of God. Let me pay for it. How much do I need to pay you apostles to lay your hands on me and give me this power? No, we cannot attain power by seeking power. We cannot attain riches by seeking riches. We cannot attain healing by seeking healing. All of them are found in the pursuit of Him and Him alone. Man. And, and Paul says in verse 17, he says, I pray that the Father of glory, the, glo the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know Him through your deeping, deepening intimacy with Him. So what he's saying is, I pray that you would get this richness of wisdom and this richness of revelation. How? By pursuing wisdom and revelation? No, by knowing him through your deepening intimacy with him. And so here's where the Lord has me, is just going deeper in him. You know, I know that my life, and, and I know this is true of everyone who is going to listen to this podcast, but I'm speaking of me, I know that my life is intended to produce fruit. And I believe by faith that it is intended to produce great fruit. Not grapefruit. <laughs> I don't know how that came across this microphone. Great, large, amazing, big, whatever. I know that that was really cheesy, sorry. I know that my life is intended to produce great measures of fruit. But listen to me, if I'm not willing to go deep and let my roots go deep, then my fruits will begin to outweigh my roots, and I become a tree who is dangerously teetering on collapsing. And I feel the error of, of let me just say it this way, the error of some 
models of church life today. Because listen, I don't want to be labeled as someone who is critical of the church. And when I say the church, I'm including me. So I really don't want it to seem like finger pointing. But I do want to say this, that some models of Christianity, some models of doing church today is trying to so rapidly produce what looks like fruit on the outside when we don't really know if something is fruit until it is long lasting, until it is sustainable. But there's an attempt to produce this rapid uh, measure of fruit. But listen to me, bearing fruit is a long-term process. And if we do not allow ourselves to go deep, If we do not allow ourselves to go deep in the knowledge and wisdom and understanding of God's grace and faith and in our intimacy with Him, then what we're trying to produce will eventually crumble the system and the tree that we're trying to bear fruit from. That I believe God would say this, that if you would humble yourself and see me alone as your source, not not, uh your agenda, not methods and methodologies of ways of attracting people. But if you would trust the power of intimacy with me, if you would trust the power of the gospel itself, if you would go deep in me and allow your roots to go deep, that I will be faithful in producing a fruit in you. But it won't just be a quick lasting, a quick bearing fruit. It will be fruit that remains My goodness, I want my life to be a tree that produces fruit that remains. I want my fruit to be lasting for generations to come. I want my fruit to be evident in the lives of my children and their children and generations beyond. I want my fruit to be evident in spiritual sons and daughters. I want my fruit to go beyond my lifetime, but it is not going to happen unless I allow the Lord to build a root structure in me. You know, we live in a day of instant fame where, where people are being discovered on YouTube and and all this, and people are thrust into the spotlight. But listen to me, a lot of lives are crushed because people aren't ready for the spotlight. And when God is wanting to use your life in a public capacity, you better be sure that you've spent an immeasurable amount of time with Him in private before you ask Him to use you in public. Now, I know God will use, He used the disciples way before, you know, they were necessarily ready, but He did it in ways that, that he, tr- he was able to trust them with a little bit of fruit as their roots begin to go deeper and deeper and deeper until eventually He said, I'm about to pour my Spirit upon you because you've so been willing. Listen, we love the suddenlies. And, and we read Acts 2, boy, and we get our preacher voice on and say, And suddenly there came a sound of a rushing wind from heaven. And, it, and, and listen, I love the suddenlies of God. But that suddenly didn't come until people sat there in a room. And I know we say upper room and we get all excited because it sounds so biblical. It was literally just a room in the upper place of a building. They sat there in a room for 10 days, literally just praying. 
And we come in arrogance sometimes in our meetings or even in our personal prayer life. And we've been there for all of five minutes and say, God, let your wind blow. And he's saying, wait, let the fruit, let the roots of of your life go deep so that I can not just give you a little bit of fruit. I want to give you mega fruit, long lasting fruit, fruit that remains. One of my favorite passages of scriptures, John 15, where he just simply says, Remain in me and I in you, because I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. And if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. But listen to me, remain is talking about length of time. That means staying. That means canceling some plans. That means possibly cutting cable. That means, I I don't know what it means for you. That that means canceling some, some parts of your life. It may mean taking a demotion. I don't know. I don't know what that means for you. For, for me, it meant restructuring my life. My life was extremely busy at, at one point, trying to manage a, a company that I was entrusted a management position of and, and trying to do ministry and multiple kids and dance and gymnastics. And I, I just knew I couldn't keep going like this, that I had to take a leap of faith and change my career to something that gave me more flexibility. So I don't know what it looks like for you, but I do know that remain or abide, some trans- translations say, literally means that I'm staying right here. And yes, I have to go to work. Yes, I have to do all these things. But my life is so structured around this that I want my life to to have the ability to take time to just be with Him because that is what is going to produce the fruit. And so, so why am I going here? Because we're talking about going deep. And going deep is talking about letting your roots. You know, when a, when a tree produces roots or a plant produces roots, the roots begin to go and intertwine itself into the structure of what it is growing in. And so you see the roots. If you pull up a plant or a tree, the roots are bringing up dirt with it. Why? Because, because it has become one with, its, uh, with the foundation and structure that it has become a part of and it is growing from. And if Jesus is saying that He is the vine and we are the branches, that means our roots grow into Him. That it takes time for us to become one with Him. Now, now salvation is instant. I'm, I'm not saying that we earn it by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm talking about a relationship with Him, that we allow our roots to become one with, uh, you know, for, for word picture's sake, with the dirt of who He is, with the, the structure of who He is, with the foundation of who He is, that we allow our roots to penetrate and go deep and literally wrap around those truths that, that we would be something that remains and our lives would produce fruit that remains. And when we look at the parable of the sower, the plants that died off are because they didn't have sufficient root structures. And they were wrapping their roots, either their roots grew too quickly and didn't go deep, or their roots were wrapping around things that weren't intended to remain, either hard soil or rocky or crowded places. But when the roots went into the good soil, even when all the attacks of the enemy came, it stayed. It stayed, and it was going to produce fruit that remains. You know, there's a worship band that I've come to really love called Summit Sounds, and they just released a new album, and they have a song on there that that sings this line that says, I'm not moving on to the next thing. 
but I'm going deep in the one thing. And I just feel that's where the Lord has me. And He's been illuminating these things in Scripture. And I, I know I talked about Mary in a previous podcast that says when the angel came to her, she literally just pondered these things in her heart. And I want to be someone who just stays on where God has me. And so I made a statement recently that says that if we're called to move from glory to glory, then staying in our current realm of glory will eventually become stale religion. You know, I want to go deeper in Him, but that doesn't mean, when I say glory to glory, it doesn't mean jumping from one thing to the next. That means going deeper and deeper and deeper in the riches of His glory, in the one thing of relationship with Him. And that may look like different things at different times. He may have me on a journey of faith or grace or 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 a financial study, whatever, but it's all in Him. It's all part of who He is. He is our source. He is our everything. And so I don't want to be so quick to move on from one thing. I want to let Him take me deep in the one thing. You know, it was so evident to me recently that the Lord began to speak to me during church one Sunday as I was worshiping. And I just felt, you know, the Lord is good. (laughs) And He convicts us not to make us feel bad, but to show us where we've been wrong in the past so He can bring us into a greater level of glory in the future. And He showed me how at times myself and others have been guilty of trying to drive a church service by our own efforts and charisma and gifting and skill set, trying to drive that church service into a place of passion. When He began to show me that what we're really called to do is just surrender to His wind and allow His wind to drive us into that place of presence and glory. And so He showed me a few, what I felt like was a few word pictures. And He said he asked me this question. He said, how much effort does it take for a kite to fly? And it literally takes that kite zero effort. All it has to do is surrender to the wind and stay connected to the one holding its life. And it's a lifeline, if you would, and it begins to soar and fly. It takes no effort, but it allows the one thing that it requires is surrendering to the wind. You know, the Bible says that the Spirit is a wind. And so the Lord had me on this journey of understanding the wind and how we're to be wind driven. Uh, the Greek word there is pneumaticos. And if you read Dutch Sheet's book, Becoming Who You Are, The whole point of the book is us becoming wind-driven people. Pneumaticos, air-driven, wind-driven. Think of a pneumatic tool. It is driven by air or the wind. And so the the Lord had me on this kind of study of the wind, and He also showed me a picture of a sailboat that literally a a boat can can move at, at great speeds, not by any effort of its own, but literally by throwing up its sails of surrender, and, and having itself being driven solely by the wind. And so I, 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 in error, not by really by choice, but either by distraction or boredom or, or I don't know, I moved on from the subject of the wind. And then I turned this podcast on of, of someone I greatly admire and they begin to preach. And about halfway through, they begin to talk about surrendering to the wind. And I'm like, yes, God, you're confirming this word. But let me tell you, when they went on to speak on this subject, they went on for a long time and went into a depth of revelation that absolutely blew my mind. And so 
you know, you may say, yeah, well, they just had a deeper revelation of that. But the Lord convicted my heart and said, you aren't supposed to move on from the wind thing just yet. I wanted to take you deep in the understanding of that the, the revelation of the wind and being wind driven. And, and from that, he began to illuminate scriptures to me. And, and, you know, in Genesis 3, it says that Adam and Eve heard the sound of God walking in the cool of the day. Well, if you look up that word cool in the Hebrew, it's ruach which literally means wind. It's the word for spirit. And so they heard God in the spirit. They heard God in the wind. And so God just began to take me even deeper and deeper in this understanding of the wind. And then to reference these guys again, I turn on this Summit Sounds album and they have this song talking about surrendering to the rhythm of the wind. And I'm like, God, God, you're trying to take me deep in this thing. And so it just so convicted my heart in a good way. I didn't feel bad about it at all, but he's just showing me, hey, don't be so quick to move on to the next thing. Go deep in this one thing that I'm trying to show you. And, you know, I came across another example in Acts 9 when Saul, <clears throat> who was persecuting the Jews, when he was on the road to Damascus, he encountered the great light who was Jesus and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I don't want to go into the depth of the story. Probably most of you have heard it and know it. But eventually, he became blind. And it says that he fasted and prayed for three days while he was blind. You know, it just had such a, a impact on me. And I've read that so many times. But what I saw was, I saw it as a picture of devotion. I saw it as a picture of intimacy with God. That for three days, he literally did nothing else but prayed and fasted. Why? So his eyes would be opened? No, not the eyes of his flesh. But he knew God was revealing something to him in that moment. And listen, the weight of the fruit that God is intending to produce is going to determine the amount of weight, W-A-I-T, we will have to have in allowing our roots to go deep. And you know what? He may reveal something in an instant to you, and that's great. But Paul, Saul, who would become Paul, had a revelation that was coming that would literally be the revelation that would be spread into the entire Gentile world. And so this was no small measure of fruit. This was a great measure of fruit. But Saul had to submit himself to the waiting of allowing those roots to go deep so that when God brought the revelation... He would be ready to bring that to the world. <clears throat> I want to encourage you that when you come to a place of revelation, whatever God has you on now or in the future, don't be so fast to move on. And here's what moving on has looked like for me. <clears throat> moving on has meant writing on, writing some notes, preaching a sermon about it, and moving on to the next thing, as if saying, God, that was cool, now what's next? And here's what God is saying. Maybe don't be so quick to just share that with the world. Maybe He's wanting to download it in you, so that what the depth of what He wants to bring will have even greater impact when it is the time to share that to the world. And by share that to the world, I don't even necessarily mean by way of a sermon, podcast, whatever your life ministry is writing i don't know <clears throat> but what i mean by share that to the world is it has become such a a a depth of something in you that it literally is just exuded by your life 
And so, you know, if it's a thing of joy, don't just go run around and tell the world, oh, listen to what God told me about joy. No, let that joy actually become a fruit in you so that when people encounter you, the thing that comes to their mind is, wow, they have a lot of joy. And so as God has me on this journey of the wind, I don't want to just bring a revelation of the wind to people. I literally want to become wind-driven so that when I encounter people, I am moved by His Spirit and am able to minister, not in the arm of the flesh, but minister by way of the Spirit and the wind driving that moment and actually hearing the sound of God in that wind. So I hope this has blessed you today. I don't even know what to call this podcast, but we're just talking about going deeper in Him. Don't settle for surface Christianity. Don't settle for playing in the puddles when he has an unsearchable depth of river waiting for you. Go deep in him. He loves you enough that you can trust him to take you to places you never imagined. And by that, I don't mean earthly influence. I mean such a depth of relationship and knowledge and intimacy with him. I hope this has blessed you. I so enjoyed doing this and I hope it means something to you. If it is blessing you, go visit the website. I, I don't I haven't really talked about this a lot lately because I don't want it to become about this. Go get some merchandise, give to the podcast. Don't receive a seed without using it or giving back to it. It is something that God is is challenging me in my life, that giving back to the places I'm receiving from. I'm not asking for this for financial need. I want you to partner with what is blessing you. I pray that God is doing amazing things in your life. And as you you take these seeds that I'm pouring into your life, that it would become fruit that remains. As, As you not just take this, but allow God to continue to expound upon it. So God bless you. I love you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode.